Welcome to Transformed by Grace, an in-depth Bible study of God's Word, presented by the Berean Bible Society. Join us each time on this station as Pastor Kevin brings the transforming message of God's grace revealed through the Holy Scriptures. parsonage I grew up in as a young boy, the door and steps leading to our basement was in our kitchen. And you know how older houses are with mice. The kitchen being near the basement door was the perfect spot to catch those mice. So my father and mother put a mouse trap on the ledge next to the steps. Uh, one of the old-fashioned hair-trigger wooden kind of mouse traps, not these fancy plastic ones that we have today. Both of my parents gave me strict instruction to never touch that mousetrap. They did so because I would often play in the basement and I'd go right by it and going down and upstairs. One weekend we had visitors in our home. My mother was sitting at the kitchen table visiting with one of the ladies from our church and I went to the basement. Not sure what to do with myself, I thought about that mousetrap on the ledge. I couldn't understand why I was told not to touch it, and curiosity and temptation got the best of me. I snuck quietly up the stairs. I could hear my mother on the other side of the door talking, and I reached over to touch the cheese, and as soon as I did, snap, that thing came right down on my finger. Knowing I would get in trouble if I made a sound, I let out a silent yell as I pulled that metal piece off my finger, then I went downstairs and ran around in pain. Sometimes consequences from falling into temptation aren't immediate, but this one was. It was very immediate. Not wanting to get in trouble, I then went and got the mousetrap, learned how to reset it, which took a while and was hazardous. Finally, I got it reset, and I quietly snuck up the stairs and put it back on the ledge. My parents never knew this happened until years later when I was brave enough to finally spill the beans. I learned my lesson about temptation that day, and I learned it well. Temptation and giving in to temptation are common problems for all of us. It's been said, how come opportunity knocks once, but temptation beats at my door every single day? God's Word has instruction about temptation. And Joseph's example teaches us ways that we can overcome it in our lives. Genesis 39, verses 1 to 6. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. 
And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. Having been sold by his brothers to a caravan and carried down into Egypt, Joseph is now sold by that caravan to an Egyptian man by the name of Potiphar. But Potiphar was no ordinary guy. Among the nation that was the world's superpower at the time, Potiphar was a high-ranking military official. Potiphar was a man of seasoned military experience and was captain of the guard. As he headed up the elite soldiers that guarded and protected the pharaoh of Egypt. Potiphar was, in other words, nobody to fool around with. Joseph now found himself in a country and a culture he did not know. He was surrounded by a language he didn't understand. The changes and adjustments that he had to face must have been phenomenal and difficult for him. And it probably took time to acclimate, we can only imagine But Joseph, over time, not only adjusted to his new situation, he flourished in it. And there was one major reason why, as verse 2 says, And the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was present and involved in Joseph's life. The believer is never alone. We always have the Lord wherever we are and wherever we go. And the Lord strengthened Joseph in his work and made him a blessing so that he was a prosperous or successful man. Everything Joseph did, he did well, and he succeeded at it, and everything Joseph managed was done better than it had ever been done before. Potiphar realized he really got a bargain here when he got Joseph. Joseph didn't have to tell Potiphar that the Lord was with him. Potiphar saw it. He could see it for himself, verse 3 says. God's presence in Joseph's life was so obvious. It was easily recognized by Potiphar as he saw the evidence by the outworking of Joseph's faith and his character and by his labor. And Joseph shows the impact that the believer can make in the workplace for the Lord. Joseph didn't hide his faith, and he was a person who applied himself to the fullest. He worked hard, and he did what was beneficial to Potiphar. And God blessed his work. And Joseph found grace, or he gained favor, the favor of Potiphar, so much so that he increased his responsibilities and authority. And he made him overseer, or in charge of his household. He put all that he had, and all that he possessed under Joseph's care and oversight. Even in his lowly position as a slave, Joseph had earned the right to be respected and trusted. Joseph experienced a tremendous promotion from a common foreign slave to running the household of one of the top military men in all of Egypt. Potiphar eventually came to trust Joseph so much that he no longer even bothered to check up on him. He needed no oversight, and Potiphar knew he didn't need to check the records or to offer suggestions of his own to Joseph even. He just stayed out of his way, <laughs> and he, he trusted him, whether Joseph was at home or even away from home. And Potiphar had delegated to him so much that he no, no longer knew the full extent of his own business affairs or possessions. He knew not aught he had, verse 6 says. 
The Lord said, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. This was true of Joseph. The only thing Potiphar concerned himself was his own food, verse 6 says, making sure he had full cupboards and knowing what's for dinner. That's all that Potiphar really bothered himself with. Verse 5 says that through Joseph, the Lord blessed Potiphar's house and all that he owned. And Joseph is an example of God's covenant promise made to Abraham that through the nation that would come from him, all nations would be blessed. God promised Joseph's great-grandfather Abraham, I will bless them that bless thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And so the blessing of Potiphar's household was due to Joseph's presence and God's promised blessing through Abraham's seed. So you see here in a small form, in one household, through one of Abraham's descendants, how God's plan in the past was to bless all families of the earth through the descendants and nation that would come from Abraham. In the past, God's plan was to reach the world through the nation of Israel. Today, the body of Christ is God's plan and His light to the world. Verse 6 closes stating that Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. And what that means is that Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. In other words, Joseph was a good-looking guy. These words used to describe Joseph's handsome appearance describe three other men in the Old Testament, Saul, David, and Absalom. And it was that feature, that external feature of good looks, which Satan uses here to tempt Joseph. We'll be returning to the program in just a minute. But first, we'd like to take this time to thank you, our partners, for making these programs possible. If you would like to access our library of helpful Bible study tools, go to BereanBibleSociety.org. Two Minutes with the Bible, a daily devotional, is a paperback 366-page book written by Cornelius R. Stamm. Two Minutes with the Bible is a timeless classic that our beloved founder, C.R. Stamm, compiled from newspaper articles he had written for various publications. We at the Berean Bible Society are firm believers in the importance of daily devotions to further spiritual growth. What better way to show our appreciation for all of God's bountiful blessings than by spending time with an open Bible and this daily devotional? May God use this work to bring you to a deeper understanding of the riches of His grace in Christ Jesus. To order your copy, contact the Berean Bible Society for pricing and availability at 262-255-4750 or visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. To receive our free full-color 32-page monthly magazine, The Berean Searchlight, call 262-255-4750. Or subscribe online at www.BereanBibleSociety.org. Thank you again for your generous gifts. And now, back to the teaching with Pastor Kevin. Genesis 39, verses 7 to 10 read, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wadeth not what is with me in the house. 
and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? It came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. Joseph, a good-looking young man, caught the eye of Potiphar's wife. She cast her eyes, or cast longing eyes, upon Joseph, verse 7 says. Satan takes a woman with no integrity, makes sure she notices Joseph, and with no shame she blatantly and boldly throws herself at him and says, lie with me. But without hesitation, Joseph responds with equal boldness, no, he refused, verse 8 says. He resisted her and was determined not to yield for two reasons, which he tells her. The first being loyalty to his master. He says, my, my master trusts me. He doesn't know what is in the house except through me, and he's given me responsibility for everything that he owns. The only thing that is not mine is you, because you are his wife, and I could never betray his trust. The second reason Joseph gives was his loyalty to God. How could I do this great wickedness and sin against God, he says. This would have been a great evil against God's institution of marriage and a sin and transgression against God himself and his righteous standard. This reason overshadowed all all others of what it would mean to God and what it would mean before him in his eyes. Joseph knew his life was an open book before God. Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. The passage talks about the Lord's presence in Joseph's life and how Potiphar even saw that. And Joseph was keenly aware of the Lord's presence in his life. And this caused him to turn from temptation because by faith, He knew the Lord was always there. Adultery, Joseph explains, was a violation of his convictions which demanded respect for his master and a life of purity and righteousness before God. You might think, well, I'm glad that's over. Thank the Lord for Joseph's example. He just strongly resists temptation and it's out of your life forever. But that's often not the case with temptation. If we think that a particular temptation once resisted will vanish forever, we'd be fooling ourselves. And that's what you see in the example of Joseph. The temptation that just keeps coming day after day after day. Potiphar's wife refuses to take no for an answer. She wasn't to be ignored. She pressed Joseph time and time again. All his talk and noble reasons for resisting only intensified her determination. But Joseph refused to budge or to weaken, and he continues to resist. And Potiphar's wife hounded him and pressured him day after day, working to break down his resistance. But each time, Joseph refused her advances. Her constant efforts failed in the face of strong conviction and faith. So Joseph was victorious, not only in one momentous occasion, but in the day-to-day challenge of a temptation. And Joseph shows us that it is possible to just say no to temptation. It's been said, there is no sin in the bait, 
the sin is in the bite. And Joseph refused to bite. One author wrote this, There is not a person who has cast their shadow across this earth, including Jesus Christ, who has not faced temptation. Temptation is an inevitable part of our fallen world. We cannot escape it. Temptation is inescapable, and it comes often to us and and in many forms. It's important to know that temptation itself is not sin. It's the yielding to temptation to do what is wrong. That's what is sin. You'll often hear people make the excuse when they fall into sin that the devil made me do it. But the devil never makes us do anything. He does tempt. He does deceive. But the responsibility for falling into sin or into error is our own. Under grace, we especially have the power to refuse temptation because by God's grace, we have been given the Holy Spirit in us. And through the Holy Spirit and by our identification with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, we have the same power in us that raised Christ from the dead to be able to turn from temptation and to not live habitually in sin. But we need to know that the power is there, and we need to trust it, and we need to yield to it. There is not a single person who has ever lived except Jesus Christ who has not yielded to temptation at one time or another and then suffered the consequences. But God only wants what is best for us, And by His grace, He has given us the power and the ability to say no to temptation. A dad took his young daughter to the grocery store to help him buy groceries. In addition to the healthy items and his wife's carefully prepared list, the two of them returned home with one of those big bags of M&M's. When he got home, his wife said, Why did you buy this? She said, You know M&M's aren't good for you. The husband said, don't worry, honey. This bag of M&M's has one-third less calories than usual. The wife looked over the package and she said, what makes you think there's one-third less calories than usual in this bag? The husband said, well, we ate about a third of the bag on the way home, so there's one-third less calories than usual. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, is what the Lord told his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. We all have areas in our lives where the flesh is weak. And it's important that we know and that we acknowledge where we're weak so that we can avoid situations where we may be tempted. It's been said, if you don't want to enter the room of sin, don't sit at the door of temptation. So one of the better ways to deal with temptation is to remove yourself from the temptation and the possibility of being tempted in the areas where you know that you're weak. But then there's times like in the case of Joseph. He was simply doing his job, and Satan arranged within the boundaries of that job, and being a slave, he couldn't get out of that. Within that situation, day after day, he was strongly tempted. It was not possible for Joseph to remove himself completely from this temptation. So Joseph had to continually stay on guard and be steadfast in standing for what he knew was right and steadfast in keeping his eyes on the Lord.
Genesis 39, verse 11. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Another day comes, and perhaps after sending all the other servants on errands, Potiphar's wife was alone with Joseph in the house. And she goes beyond verbal advances now and physically grabs hold of Joseph. She holds on so tightly that when he jerked away from her and dashed out the door, he left his outer robe in her hands. And we find strong, clear, biblical counsel on this. The counsel is this, when it comes to the subject of sexual temptation, run. The Bible does not tell us to reason with it. It does not tell us to think about it and claim verses. 1 Corinthians 6.18 tells us to flee fornication, to flee sexual immorality. You cannot yield to immorality if you're running away from it. We need to run for our life and not try to look lust in the eye and reason with it. The Spirit of God shows us in His Word that we just need to simply run. And that's what Joseph did. Joseph rushed out of the room and he even rushed out of the house altogether. There are times when fleeing could be a mark of cowardice. But there are also times when fleeing is evidence of courage and integrity. In Joseph's case, it was a mark of integrity. A couple of young men tried to walk through a corral when a bull saw them and began to charge. One of the guys said, let's stop and pray. The other guy said, no, let's run and pray. They didn't need to resist the bull inside of the corral. They needed to run out of the area and out of the corral where they were in danger. And that's often what we need to do when we are being tempted, as seen from Joseph's example. We just need to flee, just run away from temptation. Joseph was a spiritual hero that ran away. And Potiphar's wife was left standing there, again rejected with his garment in her hands. Joseph had coat problems. He had, he had trouble losing coats. His coat of many colors was gone, and now this coat was gone. Joseph may have lost his coat here, but he kept his character, and he kept his godly testimony. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 to 13 read, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. 1 Corinthians 10.13 takes away all our excuses with temptation. I remember one pastor jokingly telling me, that this is his least favorite verse in the Bible. And it's because we have no one to blame but ourselves when we succumb to temptation and to sin. Verse 13 is well known, but verse 12 needs to be remembered with verse 13. In order for verse 13 to work in our lives, verse 12 must first take place. Verse 12 shows that to be able to turn from temptation, there needs to be a humility and a distrust of self. If we proudly believe that I'm strong and I can stand up to any temptation, then we're going to fall. It's like the 
little boy in the pantry. His mother heard a noise because he had taken down the cookie jar. She said, Willie, where are you? And he answered that he was in the pantry. What are you doing in there, she asked. He said, I'm fighting temptation, just like Pastor said to. And that's not the place to fight temptation. We're going to fall when we think that we can fight temptation. Knowing this, we need to then live by and apply verse 13, which points us to the faithful God. Turning to the Lord is where we find strength against temptation. Many often feel that nobody has ever been tempted the way that they are tempted. But no matter what temptation you experience, there have been and there are others who have the same kind of temptation. It's comforting to know what verse 13 says, that there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. You're never alone in whatever temptation you are facing. There are always others who have the exact same struggle that you do. To overcome temptation, we need to look to God, who is always faithful, verse 13 says. This is where we find the ability and strength to turn from any temptation or endure it. As we look to the Lord, as we seek His aid, as we obey His word, He is faithful to always help. Faithful to always be with us. Faithful to His Word. His grace is sufficient. He's faithful to that promise. He's faithful to the promises of verse 13. And here God promises the body of Christ that God will not allow us to be tempted above that we are able to endure. He does not promise that He's going to take all temptation away from you in life but that He will give you the strength to bear any temptation when it does come, and that He will provide a way to escape for any and all temptations. The way out is always there, right along with the temptation. God promises the appropriate way of escape in each particular temptation. Thus, it comes back to us, that we are given the choice whether or not we'll look for or take the way out that He provides. It's been said that God always makes a way of escape, and sometimes the way of escape is the king's highway in a good pair of shoes. Like Joseph, we need to let the devil see our heels, see the back of our shoes when it comes to temptation. Often we need to run as hard as we can to get away from the temptation. And that's what Paul says in the very next verse about the temptation and sin of idolatry. Where he writes, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. The believer who thinks he can stand may fall, but the believer who flees will be able to stand. As we flee temptation, we flee the sin that holds back our Christian lives. Our lives will be transformed by God's grace as we don't allow temptation to conquer us continually and allow sin to rule our lives. Instead, we can allow Christ to rule our lives and then live lives of integrity and godly character like Joseph and bring honor and glory to God. Thank you for watching Transformed by Grace. Thank you again for tuning in to Transformed by Grace. We appreciate your prayer support and the financial gifts. The purpose and mission of the Berean Bible Society is to help you understand the whole counsel of the Word of God. 
For more information, visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org or give us a call at 262-255-4750. Or if you prefer, write us at the Berean Bible Society, P.O. Box 756, Germantown, Wisconsin, 53022. Now until next time, may you be transformed by God's grace.